A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. to Supercoach Edge, where we'll be bringing you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Liam, who I imagine has had as good as a weekend as me, given both of our teams, our struggling teams, on this weekend. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, it's been a it's it's a good run when uh when you come away with the win, especially uh 75 points when you weren't expecting it. Yeah, good run. Yeah, it was great, great game. And actually, interesting start uh, on Twitter from Sir Swamp Thing. This is the only round where Carlton, Essendon, Melbourne, Sydney, and West Coast have all won by 30-plus points. Thank you very much, Mr. Swampy. uh, He comes out with some absolute rip snorters uh, across the weekend. He's an absolute gun, so give him a follow. Before we get into the show... Where can our listeners find us? Yeah, on Twitter, uh, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. Pers- our personal handles are at demoj88 or myself at, at al underscore evans underscore 95. Oh, sorry, I just fell asleep. Oh, you finished reading <laughs> yeah, the handle? Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. That was quick. Good I know, I know. Actually, it's almost really like a powered through it there. Yeah. Um, you'll also find us <laughs> at, on Facebook and Instagram at supercoachedge uh, to search that and you'll find us and our email is aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com and just a bit of housekeeping as well uh, just at the top of the show just a massive massive shout out to those people who have signed up the first people who have signed up to our Patreon big shout out and props to them thank you very very much uh, those people are Ben Cavey Tom Fennell and EMPR, also known as Emperor, as we found out uh, through Twitter. Uh, he, he gave a bit of a clarification as to how to pronounce that, uh, as we spoke about him in last week's episode. But um, thank you so much for all those legends for signing up. You know, it really does go a long way to helping cover a lot of the fees related to podcast hosting, graphic design work, all that stuff, which we're out of pocket for. So, um, yeah, it really does mean, mean the world. So thank you so, so much for that. And if you're keen on joining the Supercoach Edge Patreon, head to patreon.com forward slash supercoachedge, which gives you access to exclusive benefits, such as access to our private Discord, which, funnily enough, is absolutely buzzing yeah. after our lucky 15 winners of our Discord comp gained access. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome fun so far. How have you found it, Liam? Yeah, it's great. Great uh, chatting to everybody and uh, hearing hearing what they're thinking of trade-wise and just, just the general banter. Especially, I think it started with that uh, with Neil on the weekend. Yeah, it did actually. It uh, it divided uh, a lot of the community and and those in our um, Discord. So yeah, if you want to get involved with that, uh, head to our Patreon for more details. But um, with that, let's kick it off uh, with our usual treatment of the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's right. Every week, uh, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed, the plays that stood out uh, for both good and bad reasons, and uh, just uh, our general performance over the weekend. So I'll kick it off. Last round, uh, my trade. Sorry, who, 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 why are you kicking it off? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I finally, finally lost one. Actually. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was dirty as all hell when I found out. <laughs> I know you were. Three, look, it, it was three points. Three points. So I'll run through my trade-outs from last week. So I did end up trading out Neil uh, with the, the, the concerns over his uh, his back and an injury there. Um, I just thought it was probably time to move him on. Um, he was going to drop in price. I, I don't generally like to do, trade out those primos, but I think it was it was probably a necessary one in the end. And I also obviously traded out Caldwell, who had the, the uh, six to eight week hamstring off the top of my head. Uh, so I ended up bringing in uh, Jordan from Melbourne and Warner. Uh, so two two key rookies that I did miss out on. And actually, I ended up doing this after after a discussion with yourself, Damon. Um, so it left me with a war chest of over 800k, which I'm planning on using uh, to bring in some big primos this week and in incoming weeks as well. So onto my score for this round, I scored 2,188, uh, which I'm pretty happy with overall. Um, obviously, trading out a primo and a mid-pricer to two rookies, I was expecting to sort of drop down, but I, I actually managed to rise up the ranks by about 4,664 spots. And so I'm sitting in an overall spot of 10,927. So I'm uh, building nicely, uh, considering the slow start to the season. For my uh, good, I've got Gorn with 163, Grundy 162, who I did uh, VC and then take as the captain, uh, Zeebles 155, Dunks 132, Walsh's 124, Lloyd's 116, Merritt bounce back, my boy, mm-hmm. 115, Taranto, uh, also a nice bounce back from him with 114. And my then boy. Your boy. <laughs> and uh, also Impy's 108 uh, in today's game, which was uh, which was very good. I was quite happy with that. In the bad, probably just more more poor scores considering what uh, what what we're used to from these two. Uh, Shorts 88 and Martin's 85. Probably reasonable scores considering uh, both of them. Were prob- well, Short had pretty low disposal efficiency for what we're used to from him, and Martin was well held in the uh, in that Sydney game. And in the ugly, I've got uh, Campbell with a score of 29, Dow's 27, and then Cozzy's 22, which was uh, looking pretty meager um, at halftime, considering I also had Brockman, who was on my bench, but I think at quarter time as well, they were, they were sitting on zero collectively. Well, it is Easter. Could it give us a couple of eggs? <laughs> and as as I mentioned, I'm pretty dirty considering I did miss out on Scott 65 uh, with Rose 40 on my field. And that would have probably given me, well, could have, could have given me the, the opportunity to actually uh, beat Damon by those three points. Um, and it would also give me the opportunity to pretty much win all of my league matches too. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. That does hurt, doesn't it? Like when it comes down to that. And we noticed as well at the very end of the game, we both exchanged a couple of messages and you'd worked out that I'd beaten you by three points mm-hmm. and we'd gone through our league matchups. And I think you said you'd been beaten by three points. Was it? Yeah. Another, uh, two, two points, I two, think. Two yeah. Points. And then I had a look at my league matchups and there was one that yeah I'd been beaten by, I think it was three points on my end. And then there was a draw in the main uh, oh, cash yeah. league that, uh, that I organized and I was, I was, I was filthy. <laughs> but then when we jumped on tonight to record the podcast, had a look at our scores and I was like, wait a second, it's gone up by like an extra three to four points. And yeah, that, uh, that actually gave me the win. So uh, nice, a nice, bit, nice. Of, uh, bit of fortune coming my way. Thanks to the, uh, the lads and lasses at champion data. Great people <laughs> there, aren't they? We love them. Love it. <laughs> Moving on to my score. So I scored 2,191 and rose uh, 6,600 odd spots to sit ranked now a slightly more respectable 13,073. <laughs> um, so we're slowly both climbing the ranks, but um, yeah, we're climbing, which is the main thing. We're going in the right yeah. direction. Yeah, that's it. Um, like yourself, I traded out uh, Neil and Caldwell as well, um, brought in Warner and Jordan, which netted a combined profit of 145000 uh, in price appreciation for both of those, which is um, already showing that they're paying dividends. Yeah. Uh, so like yourself, I've got 815000 in the bank, which will allow me to bolster my team with uh, the first portal call being my defense, given the scare that we all had on the weekend. Firstly, being uh, high more yeah. um, dropped early on that uh, that center scare through the community and then uh, waiting to see if Clark and Cozzy <laughs> were named. And as it turned out, probably um, – 
didn't really matter if Cozzy was named or not because his score probably <laughs> reflected someone that didn't play. So that was unfortunate. But um, on to the good, bad and ugly. So uh, just churning through. I won't read out the scores apart from the ones that are different to you because we've got yeah. a very, very similar side. So we've got Gorn Grundy, who, like yourself, I got a VC, um, which I then took as the captaincy score. Jay-Z, Dunks, Lloyd, Taranto, uh, Warner with 112, which, as I said, massive uh, trade-in. Cripps, uh, who I've got, who you don't have, 190, mm-hmm. repaid the faith, good old Cripper. Uh, McRae with 108 also, uh, who you don't have. And in terms of bad, got Short and Martin as well. And then in the ugly bracket, Campbell with 29, Dow 27, and Cozzy, uh, who gave us that duck egg, which, yeah, it would have been nice if he gave us a bit of a, um, a chocolate egg for Easter, would have been <laughs> applicable. But um, yeah, gave us a 22, which, yeah, nice of him. But um, more importantly, as we mentioned, uh, registering my first win over you yes. um, off the mark. Thank the Lord. So the running tally, so dirty. as it stands at the moment, two wins, one loss to you, one win, two losses to me, and the percentage, which is going to be all important come to the end of the season because at the moment anyway, both of our teams are very, very similar. You're at a percentage of 100.47 and I'm 99.53. So... Yeah, well, uh, it'll be very interesting to uh, to see how we track over the course of the season. Yeah. But um, now it's time to discuss some of the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell, Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in Yes, and round three started with an action-packed round of footy, really, with some absolute thrillers starting with uh, Thursday night, which was a one-point margin in the end. Uh, was was really, really good to see. And, and how poetic was it to see the man mm. who kicked the winning goal for Brisbane, who should have been kicking the winning goal in, uh, in the previous round as well. So, yeah, a bit of uh, poetic justice there. You'd think that the super coach gods were looking down, thinking... We need to deliver some sort of justice, and uh, that was it. Uh, we also saw some massive upsets from uh, the Swannies, who were just travelling all superbly, really. Yeah. And then, of course, can't not mention yes, double negative. Um, we have to mention the Dons. Yeah. Massive win that just came from absolutely nowhere against St Kilda. Uh, you know, a rising side, and um, it gives a bit of hope for for Don supporters like yourself, Liam. Yeah, it was great. Great to see. Great to be at the game. <laughs> and then, yeah, of course, there were some uh, some big margins as well. Um, you know, games as well that we thought were were going to be thrillers in West Coast and Port, and turned out to be absolute fizzes. So, yeah, had a bit of everything. Mm, definitely. Um, we also had some absolute defensive rookie carnage this week. Mm. Uh, we lost a few defensive rookies uh, over the weekend with the likes of Highmore. Uh, from the Saints and uh, Sharp from Brizzy uh, dropped from their respective sides. And we also had that very, very anxious wait for Cozzy and Clark to be named with the Monday game. Um, that, along with the injury to popular mid-pricer Hayden Young, uh, could cause some major concerns heading into round four. Um, we'll, we'll discuss that a bit later as well. That's right. And uh, Supercoach performances, just looking at the difference in scores across the community, Supercoach performances hinged on a couple of factors this week, and you can narrow it down to those who traded Neil and those who kept him, which, like we mentioned earlier, there was a heated debate, you'd call it. Yeah. And then the other factor is those who started with the Gaundy combo over those who opted to, to start for, with the, the cheaper alternative at, uh, you know, a Flynn or a Hunter or someone at Ruck 2. And I think now we'll see, pretty much started from last week, but... From now on, those people who went ahead of the pack mm-hmm. early because they went with the cheaper alternative and now are going to be falling back to the pack, those of us who have Gaundy. Yeah, and even those those who traded them out early on. <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Speaking of uh, idiots. Idiots? <laughs> That's a good segue. <laughs> I can't I like do that. that. That's very good. <laughs> Carry on with it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. All right. We've got the big Tex Walker, another massive score uh, and another bag of, I think, five goals, was it? Or six goals? I can't remember. Too many. Yeah, too many. Too many goals. Stop kicking him. So another big score uh, means that he's uh, seen a massive price rise. I think it was over over 100,000, wasn't it, David? Yes, it was. It was indeed. Uh, we'll discuss that a bit later as well. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was good to see. I mean, those people who took the risk in jumping on uh, on Tex, uh, good to see. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll um, 
we'll delve into that a little bit later as well. And the next big point from the week that was was uh, that was the bounce back with, um, of course, my man Cripper and uh, my boy Taranto, uh, and then also Gaff as well chipping in uh, with big performances after underperforming last week and uh, pretty much to start the year. Uh, so they came back with a vengeance. And then similar to round two, the ruck duo of Gaundy punished those who didn't trade them in with scores of 162 and 163. And with that return, uh, we also had the return of the tagger. Oliver was tagged out of the game against the Giants by DeBoer until he uh, went down with his uh, untimely hamstring issue. And uh, we also saw the rise of Mark O'Connor from the Cats as a tagger, holding Neil down in round two and then going on to Titch as well this round, keeping this break even quite high, uh, which, which will make gives, gives us some juicy prices coming up. Also, we can't forget a massive shout out to the great man, Errol Goulden. Yeah, he broke Michael Barlow's price rise with a first increase of over 123800 which was just absolutely insane. I mean, how a rookie like him can yeah. come in and perform from the get-go in his first three games are absolutely massive like that. So really, really big props to him. The juiciest of all cash cows he can get. So <laughs> great to have him on board. And with that, let's move on to The Price is Right. Well, The Price is Wrong, bitch. <laughs> the Price is Wrong, bitch. In the price is right or wrong, we'll be going through all the ins and outs of who you should buy, sell, or hold. So after the first price rises of the season, uh, we'll be looking at who to grab now, who to get rid of, and the players to wait for. So let's jump in with who's on the buy list this round, Damon. Yes, in the buy bracket, we have up first, your man. You're going to call him your man, aren't yep. you? Because, uh, or your boy, because I love him. Yeah, you absolutely love him. And, and I must admit, as a Carlton supporter, which, which pains me to say, I actually do love him as well because he is from your mob, uh, Ridley. <laughs> uh, he is one guy in terms of primos that you've got to target early on, I think, because the way he's performing, he's got an average of 136, and he's got a break-even of 61. And uh, as we've seen, just over the first three rounds of the year, he's just taken his game. He's sort of continued on from last year, but he's, yeah. I think he's taken his game to another level. He's taking kickouts. He's you know playing on it every opportunity. He's... You know, he loves to kick. And for me, he's a, he's a prime scorer and a prime candidate for a top six defender. So if you don't have him already, target him for this round because uh, he's definitely one that I'm jumping on. And for yourself, I imagine as well, it's a, it's a given. Yeah. Uh, the second guy to discuss is Jayath, uh, the young revelation at Hawthorne in defense there. He's got a negative break even of a negative 42. And uh, he scores over the first three rounds of the year. He scored 69, 119, and 118. And I know he caught your eye early on, didn't you, Liam? Yeah, it was one that I was uh, considering starting with. He, he did make his way into my team early on. Yeah, I was just a bit worried uh, with, with Clark, who was the coach, possibly uh, not having as much faith in the rookies um, and possibly moving them out of the team as well. Yeah, I was very much of the same thinking as well, just in terms of I wasn't sure of his, you know, surety in defense for Hawthorne and yeah. um yeah from what I've seen at the moment now he he's really coming to his own he, he plays as that intercept defender yeah he's very super athletic as well and love the way that he plays on and he can read the play really well as well which is super impressive for a young guy so he's one that I'm targeting for this round mm. um and the other guy that's coming into calculations for myself as well is Chapman from Frio who's got a negative break even of 41 and uh, he scores so far, he's only played the two games, so he is on the bubble. He scored 42 and 86. So um, I think just in terms of the injuries that Frio's had as well at this stage, I think there's probably more security in his positioning at Frio. Uh, so just in yeah. terms of that, I think he's got the scoring ability. So, yeah, I mean, you can pick him with confidence if you want to go for those sort of bottom uh, price type plays, but I do think he is priced about around about yeah 150, 150. just under yeah. just under I think it's 148. So like yeah, I think he's one guy that you can you can jump on, especially in defence as well as we've seen. You can't really rely on the likes of Cozzy, uh, Highmore <laughs> getting dropped as well, even though Highmore has a, a bit of a bigger ceiling than than Cozzy, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean. He's going to be a nice cash cow, I think, Chapman. So uh, he's one to keep an eye on and think about getting in this week. Yeah. Uh, the other guy is Jarman Impey, who um, even though he's gone up in price already, he's, uh, he's risen by uh, $75,000 already. So it may be silly for us to mention him, but his break-even is negative 62. So he's going to skyrocket in price yet again. And he comes in off the back of scores of 64, 123, and 108. And don't like to toot our own horn, Liam, but we did discuss this <laughs> during the preseason episodes 
uh, where, you know, I did a breakdown of when he was playing in defense when Sicily and Scrimshaw went down. And there was a run of, I think it was about eight weeks there where I think it was about five or six of those eight weeks he was playing in defense. And when you combine all those games, he was averaging around about 90 from memory. So his scores so far aren't really a surprise to both of us really, but it just sort of shows, it just sort of shows the, um, you know, the homework. If you do the homework, it does pay dividends, uh, hopefully, well, some of the time. That's just the nature of super coach. But <laughs> yeah, just quickly on uh, on MP, he's only in nineteen percent of teams as well, which which seems shockingly low considering his low price and uh, and good job security. Yeah. I think a lot of people may have been scared off after his. I think it was a I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it might have been a forty in the preseason. But yeah, as I think we mentioned at the time, it was only off half half a game. He got managed in the second half. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, moving on to uh, the sell section of uh, this segment. First up, we've got uh, one, one of your boys. Uh, I don't know if we call him your boy anymore, uh, but uh, Paddy Dow. Uh, break even at 44, which is approaching his his season average. He had a pretty low score this week. I think it was 27. Yep. I just, it's, it's, it's starting to move him on, I think. The experiment probably hasn't worked. He's not getting the, the time on ground that, we, that we'd hoped for. He's not getting the role in the midfield. I think it's just time to cut your losses and move him on. He's made about 9K, I think. I echo those thoughts as a Carlton supporter. Just... Because I know he does have the talent and he's shown it in the preseason. Yeah. But the fact that he's only getting, I think it was the weekend just gone as well, he had the lowest time on ground again. Uh, and I think that's yeah. potentially three games in a row now where he's had the, the lowest time on ground. So that really does irk me. But, I mean, that combined with the fact that he isn't scoring well. I mean, you've got guys like comparing him to a constable from Geelong who can score like 40 points in the space of five minutes. Like he's absolutely insane. Mm. I think if you were scoring to his ability at like a, a points per minute um, ratio, then yeah, you could probably say maybe keep him in on the uh, sort of upside if he does get more more minutes. But the fact he isn't scoring that well with limited minutes, I think that there is two nails in the coffin for me and you've got to sell him. Likewise, uh, Hayden Young, another mid-pricer, low, low mid-pricer for Fremantle uh, in the back line, injured his hamstring. Um, I'm not entirely sure. We haven't got any updates yet on how long he's likely to miss, but you'd expect it to be be at least a couple of weeks with a hamstring. His break-even's 86. I think it's just time to move him on. Obviously, he's not going to be playing, so he's not going to drop in price immediately. So if you do have other issues that you need to address first you, you, and you can cover his, uh, his donut, uh, you, you definitely could do that. But just, yeah, it's time to sell him. Spot on. And moving on to the hold candidates. So uh, we've got from the top my uh, – I'm going to call him my man because I still – I kept the faith. <laughs> Paddy Cripps, uh, he came out and silenced the doubters uh, in the media, especially those who were, were thinking maybe the game's gone past him, maybe the fact that the game is, is yeah. quicker than what it used to be due to the man on the mark rule. Um, maybe the game has – quickened and because he is so slow uh, maybe it's kind of gone past him but no he uh, silenced the doubters with 109 points on the weekend so yeah I think he went down in price uh, by about 12 and a half grand but uh, his break even yeah. this week is 109 so it is obviously what he scored in the weekend so it's definitely achievable as he's just, as he's just shown <laughs> but uh, he faces Gold Coast this weekend so and I must also mention as well that he's he's got historically the best average versus opponent against Gold Coast at 112. So, uh, and that's in nine matches. So his projected score on Supercoach goal is 118. So you'd think, um, yeah. uh, hopefully all things considered, he should score around that mark and beat his break even. So yeah, I, I think for me, the way he's scoring and the way that he can score, if he is, I mean, he's not at full fitness uh, from what's been reported, but if he can irk out scores of 109 upwards, you could say that he, he can be a candidate for the M8 position. So I'm sticking with him as long as I can just to save a trade up my sleeve. But the other two guys to mention as well, uh, Sharp from Brisbane Lions, who he got dropped, uh, didn't play on the weekend. And I think just the way that Brisbane have worked themselves into form, I think he's going to find it very, very hard to find his his way back into the Brisbane side. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Liam? Because you started with him, didn't you? Yeah, I, I started with him uh, in my midfield. Uh, he's got that DPP, which is, is a little bit handy as well. But I think at this stage, I'm going to hold him. Um, there's no point really trading him out. I don't need to at this stage uh, and just keep him as, a, as, I guess, a loophole option um, if necessary. Yeah, for sure. And that, that probably applies to a lot of players as well. Like, you know, those sort of guys you would have loved to have got rid of before price changes. Um, you know, there could be a chance that he works mm. his way back into the Brisbane lineup. But I think for now, a lot of people have other areas of the team that they need to rectify before these guys. Um, if you have the 
luxury of trading him out, uh, then yeah, I'd potentially look to do so. But um, yeah, just just wait and see and assess the other parts of your team that, that need addressing first and foremost. Yeah. And the third guy to I think hold is uh, is Highmore from St Kilda, and you mm-hmm. know he only, he's only played the the two games, and uh, we saw in round two that he he does have a bit of a ceiling about him and can be a, a bit of a nice cash cow from all indications. But uh, yeah, it was surprisingly dropped on the weekend by St Kilda and. I'd like to think, given their performance on the weekend against your mob, that um, they'll be bringing him back in quick, smart. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I think I think he's a candidate to be brought back in. For from my look at at St Kilda on the weekend, I think it was a, as a whole team issue. I uh, just don't think they brought the intensity that they they would probably want to bring, which did mean the defense was mind to siege because the uh, the midfield and I guess forwards weren't, weren't putting as much pressure on up the ground. Uh, but you'd probably expect to see um, some changes to the defensive line, um, and hopefully, you might see Highmore back in. And moving on to uh, the weight. So these are these are players that uh, might have a really high break even now um, and you might want to bring in uh, in, in future rounds. First come off the rank, uh, we've got Clayton Oliver. Uh, he's got a break even of 169, courtesy of the uh, DeBoer tag. Uh, he did work his way nicely into the game after DeBoer did go down with that. I think it was a hamstring issue. Yep. But uh, yeah, definitely wouldn't be looking to bring him in at this stage. I think uh, our our friend Emperor, his projection uh, suggests that you should be looking to trade him in around uh, round five when he bottoms out in price. Hopefully, yeah, all going well, you'll be able to bring him in in a couple of rounds. Yeah, he's um he's projected to bottom out at 574.900 according to Supercoach Gold and uh, yeah, the fine work of Emperor like we mentioned. Yeah, that's a juicy, juicy price from someone who is super reliable and has a really massive ceiling Mm -hmm. as we've seen in the first two rounds of the season and historically in seasons past as well. So he is definitely one that I'm keeping my eye on. And he was actually one guy that I was looking at bringing in this round uh, before his, uh, his dreaded game against the Giants. So, yeah, now I can thankfully put my feet up and use that other trade on um, bringing in a Jayath or a, or a Chapman of someone of that ilk. So thank you to DeBoer. He's definitely helped me. <laughs> <laughs> Next cab off the rank, uh, we've got uh, Titch uh, with a break even of 153, courtesy of, again, another tag, uh, this time from uh, Mark O'Connor from uh, the Cats. Scored, I think, in the 80s, 80, 89 off, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully be able to get him in a bit cheaper than he currently is. Yeah, he's uh, he's projected to bottom out at 565.900, according to Supercoach Gold. Um, across his next two matchups, he faces Frio and Melbourne. So, uh, yeah, he's projected to, to really drop another 32 grand. So, mm. yeah, absolute bargain there. I mean, a lot of people did jump on him, so that's unfortunate for those people who did. And probably within fair reason as well, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to go up in price and yeah. wasn't going to really get tagged by the Cats because historically he does towel up the Cats. But, um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't to be. But uh, for those of us who don't have Mitchell yet, definitely wait for him to drop. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next one is is a rookie uh, from from my mob. Uh, so we've got Alec Waterman, uh, the mature age rookie. Yeah, just a quick reminder to wait till they're on the bubble. He did score quite well in his first game um, with an eighty one. But again, obviously, just just wait to bring him in. You don't want to waste a trade and then see him dropped or or injured in his next game. Touch wood that doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, you just don't want to don't want to waste a trade and then not see them increase in price and then have to trade them back out. Obviously, he's also at a bargain basement price, so it will be a juicy uh, option to, to downgrade to. Uh, next on the list, we've got uh, Jack McRae. Uh, he, his break-even isn't unachievable. It is 132, uh, but you could definitely wait on him. I mean, he, he could make that break-even, but even if he does, you're probably not going to see him increase in price that much. So I'd give him another few weeks. And likewise, uh, Stewart, 133 break even in the defensive line. Just just wait on him as well. He should end up being a top uh, top six to eight uh, defensive option, one to wait on and then bring in later in the season at a cheaper price. Absolutely. And um, yeah, hopefully that uh, gives all of you listeners out there a bit of guidance as to uh, who to look at and uh, who to hold and um, those to sell. But for now, let's move on to the uh, next section of The Price is Right. And it can't go without mentioning Tex. <laughs> Tex Walker. Walker, Texas Ranger. He had an absolute mammoth game, uh, which saw him rise in price by 107900 and extend beyond the price mark of $406,000, which is absolutely uh, amazing by the big Texan. If he can maintain his average of around one hundred, he should peak at 512000 which that there is is 
pretty much going into primo status right there, um, which is funny to think. I mean, going to the season, <laughs> who would have picked this? But um, congratulations to him and congratulations to those that took the risk in jumping on him uh, on the weekend. And I know it was a point yeah, of uh, contention and discussion in the community. And it was something that we touched on last week and got a couple of messages yeah. from people who were kind of like, you know, why did you not jump on Walker? And I know we uh, discussed this in length and a lot of people probably missed it because I put them into a coma last week in terms of my <laughs> statistics and, and mathematical breakdown of, um, of his price and um, comparison to other, other players, but take our own trade movements as an example over the weekend. So we both missed on starting Warner. So we traded Neil down to him. So why not Tex Walker, you ask? Well, Neil to Warner nets you 577800 and that's the cash that you get up front that you can use to upgrade additional players. Yeah. So, I mean, like you compare that from trading a Neil down to Walker, that only nets you 423600 So, you know, you're missing out on a difference of 154200 And sort of that's the point that we were making last weekend is – that's where the big difference is. We're not we're not talking about them in terms of so much the money they're going to make down the track. And as it looks at the moment with Tex, like he's going to make, I think it's about two hundred and fifteen thousand. Uh, just looking at the Supercoach Gold projections. So just in terms of that, I mean, <laughs> that's the reason why we opted for a Warner. I'm still confident in the fact that we get that extra one hundred fifty four thousand two hundred cash in hand in the bank is going to help us in the short term. Yeah, yeah, that's that's precisely what uh, I guess I guess what I was doing as well. I did speak to a few people um, on, on Twitter and in, in our DMs as well, um, and that they basically had the same sort of question of they had both Warner and Jordan. They didn't have any issues with any of their other rookies. Um, would Tex be a good option? They hadn't used any of their trades, and I said that that's that's a very mm-hmm. different situation to what we were I guess discussing. It was if you did miss out on some of the other rookies. Um, then you would probably would not want to be looking at Tex because the other rookies would give you, as you mentioned, the upfront cash as well as the price rise as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, those people that were in that fortunate enough position to get in a Tex, I mean, uh, you're, you're ahead of the pack already because you've got the the best rookies uh, on hand. You're pretty much riding the playing cash cow in Tex. So uh, kudos to you guys out there that um, have really chosen your starting team well enough to afford to bring in the big Texan. Um, So congratulations to those people. But the other big talking point to come out of it was Lockie Neal. So, yes, the the situation with uh, Lockie Neal. Uh, After we recorded last week, it actually came out that that Neal was uh, sort of playing with injury uh, with some back concerns. And then obviously post that game as well, there was some more information that came out about it. So the age obviously reported that scans on Neil's back uh, weren't promising. And Neil himself was quoted as saying that the scan wasn't a great result, which is obviously very, very concerning. So I guess the question is, uh, do you cut your losses now after he's already lost 80K? So... Obviously, uh, there was obviously some big contention earlier before that game as to whether you traded him out or kept him. Mm. During the game, you saw who took which side um, based off his score. He went started out like a house on fire and then wound up pretty quickly in the second half. I think he only scored about 14 points after halftime, wasn't it, David? Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people on Twitter gloating about the fact that, uh, you know, they, they kept Neil and they were taking the piss out of those people that traded him because he had scored 75 to halftime. And then, yeah, he only went on to score 14 uh, in the second half. So, um, yeah, it was really, really was a tale of two halves. But I think watching the game as well that Neil wasn't afforded any opponent at all in the first half. And it was really mm. frustrating to watch as a you know, previous owner because <laughs> it was like, why isn't anyone showing him attention? And I know Nathan Buckley and Collingwood are really renowned for allowing players like a Tom Mitchell or a Lockie Neal a lot of space because they don't see him as damaging, which is is pretty stupid, I think. But I think they realized uh, in hindsight at halftime, we've got to tighten up on Neil and they did that and did it to great effect. So, Yeah, precisely. And so I, I guess post, post-match now, uh, the question is, uh, do you cut your losses now after he's already lost that 80K? So it, it is a tough one. Um, and I don't think there is a, there's a particularly straightforward answer. Um, there's merit on the back of these reports of the injury that you should trade him out. If it, if it is something as sinister as a bulging disc, yeah, the only way to fix it, I guess, is through rest and recovery. It's not going to be a quick fix. It's not going to be, uh, you know, he's okay in a, in a week or two. So it, it is going to be a really 50-50 call, I guess. 
What are your thoughts, Damon? Yeah, it's it definitely is a tough one, I think, um, because he already had already has lost that that bulk of cash in the ADK, and I think uh, next week, according to Supercoach Gold, he's projected to drop by close. To, I think it's a touch under fifty k or thereabouts. But I think the concerns over his back are pretty alarming. Just sort of reading between the lines of Neil saying it wasn't a great result, and I think he was quoted as saying that he was told to keep tight lips about what the actual yeah. diagnosis or prognosis was. And that says to me it's not a minor strain and it's something that's going to persist throughout the entire year. So if it is a strain at the back in terms of a bulging disc, that's going to be season long because I've had a, like two bulging discs and let me tell you, they're super debilitating. And when they pinch on a sciatic nerve or anything like that, and the only way it's going to get better, like you said, is rest and recovery. And in terms of my experience, um, He's obviously a much more elite athlete than me, so his turnaround yeah. time might be a bit quicker. But, I mean, with me, it took a good, I reckon, about four months for me to recover. So I think it's it's danger signs, and there is merit in getting rid of him. But if you cut your losses at his current price, you could probably trade him across to, what, a, a McRae, yeah. a Dunkley. So there are a few players that you could potentially trade him to. Um, it's... It really is a week-to-week proposition, I think, because he has shown in the first you know, half against the Pies that he does have that ceiling. I mean, it's, it truly is a flip of a coin. There's, I'm not going to sway anyone in any direction. And, yeah, from the sounds of it, you're, you're very much the same, Liam. Yeah, I, I actually don't know what I'd do now. I think I'm, I'm just glad I pulled the trigger last week. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I, I don't envy anyone who still has him and isn't sure what to do. Uh, if, if I was you, I probably would just cut my losses and trade him out. Yeah. Um, but I am saying that having already cut my losses uh, last week. So it, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a very much a, a flip of a coin for me. It's super convoluted and uh, there's so many different ways you look and look at it. But, um, yeah, best of luck to those people who do have him. Just in terms of what we're doing, um, so we're in a very similar situation. So I've got eight fifteen thousand in the bank, and uh, oh, it's juicy, and uh, I'm licking my <laughs> lips at the prospects of spending that that dosh. Um, I feel a bit like my fiance. Hopefully, she doesn't listen to this podcast, but uh, I feel like my fiance uh, just having a look on uh, online and being, oh, I might buy this, I might buy that. <laughs> um, if you are listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but uh, I am looking at bolstering my defense by bringing in Ridley, um, who we spoke of before, who is a definitive yep. top six defender, I think, as a lot of a lot of people will probably agree with that. Uh, and likewise, I'm considering trading in Jayath as well, as he has looked super impressive for the Hawks. And despite already rising 66K, is still a juicy price of 332700 because he does have a break-even of negative 42, would you believe? So, I mean, Oof. it means if I get those two guys in, it means I don't have to rely on a rookie anymore like, you know, we've done in the past few weeks, especially on the weekend, having to rely on Cozzy, as I and many others did on the weekend. In terms of trade-out candidates, uh, I'm going to trade out Paddy Dow, as we mentioned earlier, when it cut our losses. Not going to really make any more cash, and the time on ground percentage isn't all that flash. So he is hitting the cutting room floor, and also weighing up between Jordan Clark, who I'm a bit undecided on in terms of if he can make more cash. I mean, all it takes is for him to have one of those big games to to kickstart his, his cash generation again. So I'm a bit fifty fifty on on cutting losses with him, but because I do have that big war t- war chest, I'm thinking maybe do I trade out a, a Cozzy? to a Jyth, so I can do that. It means I cut losses, obviously, early with Cozzy, but I really do, he's a key position forward. As we know, they don't score too well on a consistent basis, unless your name is Tex Walker. <laughs> um, what are you going with, him? Yeah, so I also have a uh, considerable war chest, not quite the 815, but, but very close with 810,000. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to spending it, licking, licking my lips at what I can do with that. So I do have a couple of options up my sleeve. Initially, um, I was going to trade out Dow and and probably Clark and bring in uh, my boy Ridley and uh, and McRae. Obviously now I probably wait on McRae. His break-even's a bit high, um, so we probably can get him for a bit of a cheaper price. Um, but definitely bringing in Ridley with his, I think, 61 break even. So he's, he's a gun in defense. He's taking kickouts, his intercept markings, racking up the possessions. He actually uh, had the equal highest disposals for the match uh, on Saturday wow. night with uh, 35. So just absolute crazy numbers there. Yeah. And then uh, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do if I will take that second trade. 
Um, I might bank some of the cash, bank a trade and see what I do. Um, but I'm probably looking at bolstering, again, my defensive line now with the concerns over Cozzy, Highmore, um, and just even Clark, I guess, as well. But now it's time for same price. Same position. Same super coach contribution. But there could be a season of difference between their scoring output. Compare the pair. Yes, uh, in compare the pair, we compare two players at a similar price point, similar position that are vying for a similar spot in your teams or maybe uh, possibly being traded out of your teams also. Uh, so first up uh, today, we've got uh, Ridley from the Duns, my boy, uh, versus Tom Stewart from the Cats. Uh, so both obviously defense eligible. So just running through the stats quickly, Ridley uh, is priced at 586000 He's got an average, uh, a three-game average of 136, and he's a break-even currently a 61. Uh, Tom Stewart, on the other hand, is priced at 526.6K, so a tad cheaper. Uh, he's got an average of 96.7 for the past three games, and his break-even is 132. Uh, so for me, it clearly uh, Rids is uh, the winner here. His low break even uh, makes him a very juicy option for this week, uh, especially with his scoring potential so far. Uh, with Stewart's break even of 132, you can definitely wait to get a bit cheaper uh, as the season progresses. I think Stewart will probably hover around that same price point for the rest of the season, so you're probably not going to have to worry too much about getting him in soon. And I do think he'll probably finish as, as a top 6 to 10 uh, defender, definitely. Uh, but Ridley's looking the goods. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's taking the kickouts, his intercept marking. He's just getting heaps and heaps of disposals as well. And I, I don't know if it's really a big call, but I can definitely see him finishing as a top two defender by season's end. Bang on. Uh, I agree entirely with everything you just said, actually. So um, I'll just whip to the very next compare <laughs> the pair, which uh, was sent in by Mark Bradley, who asks, Dow v. Young, who goes out and who to trade in? Uh, well, Dow is at 211800 He's got an average of 46.7 and a break-even of 44. So uh, like we said earlier, his break-even is approaching his average. So in mm-hmm. terms of that, whenever that happens, in terms of your cash cows, you have to really think about cutting your losses. Uh, and then with Young, he's 280,700. He's got an average of 55.7, which of course is injury affected from the weekend and a break-even of 86. So with his break-even being much, much higher than his average, and the fact that he's uh, go, you're going to be out with a hamstring injury. For me, it really comes down to how much cash you have in the bank and how you're looking in terms of replacements or cover for Young in defense. Uh, I imagine, given everyone's in the same boat with their defense, you're going to be finding it very hard to find a reliable scorer uh, to cover Young. So I think in terms of that alone, I'd be cutting my losses with Young and keeping Dow because he is... You know, he does have the potential to meet that break even. And even if he doesn't, he may only drop by, you know, a few thousand dollars. So uh, I think in terms of getting rid of Young, I'd be targeting someone like a Jyth, who, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is super, super value yeah. uh, and does have that scoring potential as well and a really high ceiling. So uh, I'd be targeting Jyth for him. And then I guess for Dow, if you really wanted to trade him, I'd be sidewaysing him to a Warner if you can switch him to the forward line or mm-hmm. uh, trading uh, trading him for a Chapman in uh, in defense. But uh, out of those two, I would be punting Young. Yeah, definitely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Uh, moving on to the next compare the pair option. This one comes in uh, from Twitter from Matt Sleggers. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He's asked Ollie Wines uh, or Patrick Cripps. He has them both and he's just asking whether he should keep them or trade one for Sam Walsh, um, or trade both for a lower-priced mid and top premium like Taranto and Tom Mitchell. So uh, for mine, if you're going to trade one of them, it'll probably be wine for mine. Uh, he has the higher break-even, which will see him drop in price. I'd probably hold Crips at this stage. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, he did decrease in price slightly, but he has come back into a little bit of form, scoring 109. Um, and obviously his break-even is 109 again, so we, we've seen that he can hit it this season. I guess the, the, the key question that I do have would be how... Uh, would be dependent on how many trades you've used so far, but I'd probably consider holding both. Um, but if you were to trade one, it'd probably be Wines, and I'd definitely be looking at that Sam Walsh trade. It's a slight upgrade um, price-wise, but Walsh does have an average of 117, and I'd fully expect him to finish as a top 10 mid this season. Uh, he's looking like he's going to take the next step into that Carlton midfield role. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a as a bagger, um, and with Walshie being one of my uh, many many boys on my list, which that doesn't actually sound too good in retrospect. <laughs> but he's one of my favourite players. Um, one of my favourite players, Walshie, and yeah, he's definitely taken the next step in his game. Uh, I think out of those two guys, I actually wouldn't be trading either. That they present to me as luxury trades. Like you said, if you do have luxury trades up your sleeve, even then, I probably wouldn't be wouldn't be wasting them on the likes of a Wines or a Cripps. Uh, I'm sure that you have uh, Matt. I'm sure you have many other areas of your side that uh, present as more sizable issues and holes in your team. So I'd be looking to rectify those first before looking to trade out a Wines or a Crips uh, and just assess from there, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the last question, which is a bit of a humorous one, would you trade Padidiao for a bucket of chips from Cats at the Pivotonians? Well, I actually saw someone else reply to that tweet saying that you'd need to throw in an extra padded owl in order to, to make that trade value. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, nice little humorous one there. Let's move on quickly to the next segment, which is Liam. I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes. So in I'm the captain now, uh, we'll bring you our top choices for the vice captain and captaincy uh, in your side. Uh, we'll be discussing some of the key options and some that may be a little bit left field. And then we'll finally run through who we'll be looking at taking as our VC and C options into the round. So to start off with, um, I've actually split it up a bit more into VC and C options. Uh, the main concern here is just that uh, I know a popular uh, loophole option in A5 from the Suns is actually going to be locked out on Saturday night. Night, uh, which could cause some concern for some players, um, especially with uh, Collingwood and Melbourne uh, playing on the Sunday. Uh, so you can't quite go the Grundy into Gorn as your VCC option. So starting off with the VC options, we'll start on Thursday night. Uh, my boy Ridley against the Swans. So he's currently got an average of 136 for the season. Um, he could be a bit of a left field option on the Thursday night, uh, an early one. I, I really like him if you haven't already figured that out. Uh, I do think it could be a really good pod option as well as a VC. And and being that VC, you do have the ability to, I guess, uh, see if they uh, do score well and then take them if they do. And then obviously uh, move them on to the captaincy pretty quickly if you don't to a more sure fire hit. Uh, similarly, in that Thursday night game, we've got Merritt. Uh, Another good VC option. He has a pretty good average against the Swans, actually, especially in recent times. So... Overall, he's got an, got an average of 104.7. And uh, since 2017, he's actually scored um, 159, 129, uh, 114, 141. And then in 2019, he did, I think, I think it was an injury-affected game of 59. Uh, so some big scores there that could be great for a captaincy option. Um, moving on, we've also got Dusty from the Tigers. Uh, so he's coming up against Port. He hasn't got the best average against the power, uh, 95.2 from 13 matches, uh, but you'd probably expect him to bounce back after a, a poor, I guess, by his standard showing against the Swannies. Uh, so he has been averaging 121 for the season. So you'd expect him to bounce back from there. The next potential option is Travis Boak against Richmond, who averages 128 for the season to date, and he averages 105.6 from 18 games against the Tigers. So he's shown so far this year that you know he does have that scoring ability and that that ceiling, as we uh, as we know. So I mean, for me, he's more of a left field option. Probably not one I would take, especially against uh, against Richmond. Yeah, definitely. Uh, given that he only averages 105.6, so uh, I'd probably look elsewhere. Uh, and I guess another VC option, um, a bit more of a sure thing um, than, than some of the others, uh, is McRae. He's coming up against Brisbane, averaging 121 so far this season. Um, as we've said, uh, he's a pretty safe option if you do go for someone like Ridders or Dusty early on and they don't, they don't pay off. Um, but he's also an equally good VC option. I think he plays on the Saturday during the day. Uh, so he's got an average of 134 against the Lions. Uh, his second best average of all teams, actually. So in 2020, he did have an 183 against the the Lions, um, 135, 155 in 2019, 156 in 2018, 121 and 162 in 2017. His lowest since 2013 was an 82. So it looks like a pretty good history against the Lions there. 
Jeez, you've uncovered a bit of a gem there because I actually didn't even consider McRae. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely one I'll be looking very, very long and hard at now. Yep. Unfortunately, I don't have him on my side, so I won't be <laughs> oh, so seeing him there. <laughs> Might I just bring him in now? Yeah. Just despite the fact that I said don't bring him in earlier, I'm, I'm going to bring him in. <laughs> that sounds like I've thrown a barbie away because I'm like, wow, you've uncovered a bit of a gem. That I can't use. Yeah, that you can't use. Oh, jeez, yeah. I'm sorry about that. And doing it for the listeners. Yeah, doing, doing it for the listeners, guys. exactly. Yeah. For those of you that do have him, um, consider Yeah, definitely consider him. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, we've got some captaincy options, uh, which we can also include. And that's, uh, first up, we've got Grundy. Um, he'll be up against another rookie, Ruck, after being up against, I guess, two rookie Rucks, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, on the weekend. Uh, he's up against Flynn this week against the Giants. Uh, could he go big again? Mm. Uh, he's got a pretty good average against the Giants, uh, 107.3, uh, with some with some pretty big scores again, 2020, 135, 2019, 157, 2018, 139, and then 2017 and 2016, he scored an 82 and 91, respectively. So these are a bit lower, but the, the past uh, four scores have been pretty pretty high. Yeah, for sure. He's he's definitely one that uh, I'm considering, you know, to put the VC on Grundy because I, I do have a loophole uh, from Hawthorne, I forget the youngster's name, who's a mid-forward. Uh, Saunders? So, yeah, I think it is Saunders. And um, that's going to allow me to put the VC on Grundy and then the C nice. on Gorn afterwards. So, um, yeah, um, for me, I think, yeah, just going up against Flynn, I think Flynn, he did have a bit of a respectable game against Gorn on the weekend. But uh, he did tire late, and that's when Gorn, when he, when Gorn was pushed forward as well, he was really shown for his his defensive or lack of defensive game. So um, that maybe could be one area also that Grundy could exploit uh, up against Flynn. But uh, it remains to be seen. But for me, yeah, he's one that's uh, that's at the top of my list. Yeah, nice one. And uh, mentioning Gorn, he's another great uh, captain option this week. Uh, One hundred and two point one average against the Catters. Um, some big scores again, 2020, 141, 2019, 116, 2018, 139 and 93. And in 2017, he had a 27, uh, probably I would assume injury yeah, affected there, yeah. 2016, 63, and then 2015, 146. So again, some big scores. Um, I think another pretty safe option, uh, for the captaincy as well, playing on the Sunday. I've, I've just given away my VC and C being uh, Grundy and Gorn. What are you, uh, what are you doing on the weekend? Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, as I also have the loophole player in A5 uh, from the Suns, I'm going to have to VC someone uh, from before Saturday night, so I can't do the the, the Gondi uh, VCC option. So I'm probably considering going for one of my boys with Ridders who I'm trading in, and then uh, probably going... I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it'll be a toss up between Grundy and Gorn as my captain. Um, so let's just hope that uh, that Ritters does the job with a great VC score. Very, very nice. And with that, let's move on to one of. I always say this. One of my favourites in. I got to know. Hey, I got to know. So first question uh, is from our good friend Emperor. Uh, so at, at, at EMPR underscore X, give him a follow. Uh, he's got some Go. great stuff on uh, projections, price rises, and everything Supercoach related. Seriously, just, yeah, just give him a follow. Uh, great account to be uh, following if you're into your Supercoach, which you all will be uh, if you listen to this, obviously. <laughs> That's a good wow. point. Just worked my way into a circle there. <laughs> uh, but moving on. Uh, so Emperor's question. Now that Cogs has gone down and will miss time, Toby Green could become an ideal uh, cheap forward primo. He averaged 121.3 across six games when Cogs went down in late 2019 and he played in the middle. Could he do it again? What are your thoughts, Damon? Yeah, well, I think it actually bodes, well, more so for Taranto, who's gone from playing exclusively in the forward 50 in round one, then across the wing in round two, and now through the middle this week. Um, So I definitely think you can afford to wait and see with Green just given the risks he comes with in regards to injury history because I remember even last year there was guys in my league that, that thought they were onto a good thing trading him in because he was at a good price and then the very like that very next week he got injured. So, I mean, for for me, he comes with that element of risk. Um, yeah, sure, he, he does have that, you know, like Emperor said, good showing of average when Cogs isn't in the team. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd probably opt to wait and see. What about you? Yeah, um, I'm pretty similar to you. I do think it's probably a bit more of a wait and see. Um, I didn't get to catch the game um, 
on the weekend for the Giants against Melbourne. From what I've read and heard, once Cogs went down, Green still sort of played that forward role. Similarly, uh, Josh Kelly obviously played uh, forward as well, a bit more during the match uh, than normal, so we didn't really get into the middle. So I'd probably want to wait and see. Um, Obviously, Cameron can be a bit unpredictable, so you'd want to be seeing what the role he's going to be playing before you do pull that that trigger on Green. And as you mentioned, uh, not a great injury history there either. So... You'd, yeah, definitely, definitely want to wait and see. And I agree with you entirely. I'd say it's more likely that we see other players take up that midfield time. Um, obviously, got a plethora of good midfield options. Uh, so we got T Green, Tom Green, the other, the other T Green, who could take that uh, that midfield role as well as Ward. And as you mentioned, Toronto definitely played more through the middle in the game on the weekend. And moving on to the next question from Magic Gnome, uh, who is at Luke Parasot. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, so is, is it a good idea to bring in Short as a sixth defender primo, therefore with a significant possibility of Laird ending up in the mids if I got Whitfield later? Already have Lloyd, Laird, Ridley, Daniel and Stewart. Nice. Yeah, it's a very, very good lineup in the in the defensive line there. They're very stacked already. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's very dependent on the rest of the side. Uh, I don't mind the idea of bringing in short, uh, but with his with his score on the weekend, uh, he'd probably be able to wait on it a little bit. His break even of ninety eight makes it a bit more a bit bit easier to wait and see. It's 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 sort of hard. I don't, I feel a bit weird about finishing off almost your mm. your defensive line so early in the season. Yeah, yeah, I'm very much the same as well. Like it of those guys that you mentioned, Lloyd, Laird, Ridley, Daniel, and Stewart. I have no doubt that they're the top. You know, bar any injuries, they're the top five of the top yeah. six defenders. In all honesty, I actually forgot all about Whitfield. I'm very much of the opinion that you know you prioritise those guys that are that are super durable, and Whitfield doesn't present me as that sort of option. So yeah, he could be an option to bring in later down the track. It, it seems like yeah, you're, you're overstacking almost your defence, um, which makes me think that there's other the other areas of a team, particularly in midfield and your forwards, if you already have a Gaudy, uh, that those areas. Are really lacking, so you you, you do you do want to try and keep a consistent uh, score output across the entirety of your team. So yeah, it's just one of those things where you don't want to be relying on too many rookies, um, which you know you may be doing so at this stage with the amount of you know decent rookies out there. But I think spending your cash in order to bring short in as your sixth defender already probably leaves you with little money in your bank to then upgrade in your midfield and your forward line. Um, so I'd probably look elsewhere at this stage. As you said, Liam, that you know his break-even mm-hmm. of 98 uh, definitely helps. And uh, yeah, you can wait and see as to where you go from there. Yeah, and likewise on Whitfield, he's still on the injury list as uh, indefinite um, for his return. So uh, you probably don't want to hold off too much waiting for Whitfield, just in case you don't know what's going to happen. I'd want to hear some more news about his return before before we started considering him as an option. For sure. Uh, Moving on to the next question was sent in by Deli Pitt at Deli Pitt. He asks, or she asks, if you missed Warner, is it too late to get on? Dow to Warner burns a trade, but it is an easy decision regarding cash generation, right? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, Warner looks to be one of the best scoring rookies for 2021 so far. He scored 70, yeah. 94, 112, which is super consistent for a guy. And he's, well, it's his second year, I think, potentially. He's got a really, uh, you know, a short spot in the side for Sydney. And uh, an upgrade or sideways trade in this case is only going to cost you an extra 17K. Uh, so for me, in my eyes, I reckon it's warranted uh, because, yeah. you know, Dow is, I guess, considered as a high-end rookie. He isn't performing to what his price should dictate. And the fact that he's not going to make really any money means that you've got to trade him, whether it be mm-hmm. you know, up, down, side, sideways, whatever. But um, I think, yeah, Warner is a prime candidate. If you haven't got on him yet, uh, jump on him. Otherwise, the other option who I just thought of was Jarman Impey, if you have the cash. Yeah, that, that's that's actually a really good point. I didn't consider driving MP for a Dow trade, um, but yeah, I guess bringing in Warner for Dow is a bit of a fifty-fifty call for me. I mean, obviously, I think it's time to get probably get time to get rid of Dow. Obviously, Warner has already jumped up by about eighty k. So if you consider the fact that you want to probably trade out someone when they've made a hundred and hundred to one hundred and fifty k, you're probably not going to get as much of that price rise um, as you would have liked. Uh, so I'd probably consider maybe looking at a Waterman 
and hold him down for a week so you can get Waterman when he's on his on, on the bubble after his next game so you can get that whole price rise. You'll also make about 120-ish K, I think, off the top of my head um, by that trade because Waterman is a, is a really bottom-priced rookie as well. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. Didn't uh, didn't I kind of forgot about Waterman and in terms of um, yeah, yeah, Dow's mid forward eligibility. Uh, he is one if you need to make cash up front because yeah, I mean, like I said, if you're trading a Dow to a Warner, it's going to cost you 17k. So it does come down as well to how much money you have them bank and as mm. to what upgrades you want to do in the coming weeks. So if you do need that, I mean, you're obviously going to need that extra money, but I mean, is that extra money? needed now because uh you know you're going to get that obviously in the trade down directly to waterman uh or can you afford to wait and jump on like a warner who's going to make you more money um but i mean you're not going you're going to be forking out money in order to do it so yeah exactly yeah i I actually like your idea as well um that's that's definitely got merit thank you (laughs) no worries (laughs) and uh the next question was sent in by tom x Eckstein or Eckstein. I don't know how you pronounce that. Sorry, apologies, mate, if I've butchered that. Uh, he asks, Dow, Young, Neil, which of those two to trade? What do you think? Yeah, so this is a is a very tough one and it's very, very team dependent if you ask me. Um, if you're able to cover the donut of Young, then you could consider trading out Dow and Neil. Um, but for mine, I'd probably go Dow and Young out first. Uh, Neil will continue to play even if he is injured. Um, you obviously see him drop in price, as we've already discussed um, earlier. The Neil trade is a bit of a 50-50 one, very much to coin toss. Um, but I definitely think that it's time to get rid of Dow, and obviously with Young's injury, it's time for him to go as well. Yeah, I, I'm very much the same. Um, I have written down here that, yeah, it does depend on how many weeks Young is out for, but given how thin the defensive line is for cover, he's, he's definitely a trade. Of the other two, I would punt Dow just due to the fact, as I said before, the lack of scoring an opportunity. And uh, yeah, we all know that Neil's going to lose value still, but uh, he did show in the first half against the Pies that he can still score at will. Nice one. Um, next question, Stuart Clark uh, at Stu Clark 67 He just asked if there's any Tom Green replacements. Uh, so uh, quickly, uh, I just think he probably could hold T Green at this stage uh, with Cog's injury concerns. He should be able to hold his spot in the team. I don't really think he probably should have been dropped in the first place anyway. Uh, yeah, it was pretty stiff. Uh, but I think obviously with, yeah, with, with Coniglia going down, there's going to be some more opportunity in that midfield, especially his price point is again, pretty awkward. 351.4K, something we discussed early in the preseason. Uh, his break even is 92, which you probably don't see him making. So mm. you probably have the reason to trade him out, but I'd probably s- stick with him at this stage. It's, it's again, probably more of a luxury trade, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly the same. Um, yeah. You could probably hold him for now just at, you know, the fact that he should see an increase in his scoring due to the increased opportunity in the middle afforded by the injury to Cogs. And with that, let's just remind our listeners where they can find us. I'll, uh, I'll do the honors this time, Liam, see if we can get through uh, all of it. Thank so you. you can find us on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge or on my own personal account at DamoJ88 or on your account, Liam, which is at L underscore Evans. That's at L underscore Evans underscore 95. I'll just take over here, Damon. Apologies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) On Facebook, you can find us at at SuperCoachEdge, the same on Insta, and email any questions, trading options, or any feedback or things you might like to see in the future podcast to AFLSuperCoachEdge at gmail.com. Hey, Damon, you still awake? Oh, Oh, sorry. It's a bit of a wake-up Jeff situation there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, before we finish off this mammoth show, as it's turned out to be, uh, you can find us also on Patreon. Uh, so if you want to join our exclusive Discord channels, you can join via our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash supercoachedge. So be sure to check that out. Yep, and just quickly before we finish up, just want to run through the Supercoach Edge group rankings again. So round three, highest score was Carl with his team, Mr. Gafer All-Stars, with the round three score of 2403. Massive score there. Gee whiz. Yeah, I know, nice one. Uh, And overall leader, still in uh, number one spot, is MTM All-Stars. Well done there, James. He's got an overall uh, total score of 6921. 
And his overall ranking is 18 in the whole of Supercoaches, which is whiz. very, very nice. Keep going, son. Keep going. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Massive, actually, overall score there, 6921. Yeah. Great work, mate. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you want to join the Supercoach Edge group, uh, just use the code 798296. Uh, the winner at the end of the season walks away with uh, the ultimate bragging rights, uh, a shiny ring from the Legends at Supercoach Championship Rings, and uh, you'll also get to feature on our final podcast. Absolutely. Get involved with that if you haven't already. And uh, with that, uh, all the very best to, uh, to you guys out there in your endeavors across the weekend. Hopefully your team can get a win and your super coach teams can absolutely smash it in for another big week. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck and we'll catch you next week. saying that I spend too much money on wine. Do you hear that, listeners? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.